Podcast. It has been an absolute undertaking to get our Clubs in Day series out. I hope you've enjoyed it. But now we're going to sort of do a bit more of a condensed version and to chat through some of the options you might be considering. I am joined as always by my co-hosts, Liam and Mel. How are you both going? Got to throw to someone, Will. (laughs) I do have to throw to someone. No, I'm good. I'm just enjoying the fact that uh, Will has made a mistake that I often make. Um, But no, I will go first. I'm great. How are you, Liam? (laughs) I'm delightful, Mel. Will, how are you going right now? Oh, I'm going great. How are you going, Mel? Anyway, <laughs> no, no. We, we so, it's it's, it's a good start. Great start. So basically today what we're going to do is we're going to talk through all the options that you could look for on every single line in terms of the pricing. And today we're going to start with our premium options. So these are the ones that are up the upper end of your price brackets. They're high averaging players. The ones that you want in your team come season end. Mm-hmm. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to go through each line, forwards, mids, rucks, defenders. And what we've done is we've set a little bit of a, a price bucket. I'm going to do this in terms of the prices for the official platform. You can translate them to the Marrera's Magic platform if that is your game of choice. But for simplicity, we're just sticking with the official platform for now. So for forwards, our premiums we've decided are anyone that's priced over about 900000 um, gives us a nice pool of uh, interesting forwards to chat about. Midfielders, they're over the million mark. For rucks, we're talking anything over the 900 mark. And then for defenders, we're talking anything over the 800,000 mark. 8,000, damn, 8, that's a mark. lot of premium so defenders. Everyone's premium in defenders. Well, it <laughs> sort of speaks to the fact that the defender pool is a bit bit funky. But if everybody's premium. Everybody's premium. premium. So basically, I'm going to throw to whoever it is that's doing the line. They're going to give them the run-throughs, and they're going to talk about their faves. So they're going to give us a couple of names that they think are really good value or could be the players to, to look into putting in your team that will get you the points that you need. They're going to talk through a few fades, which are players that maybe aren't quite as good or options, and they'll give you a few reasons why that'll be the case. And they're also going to throw in a, a forgotten option or two, someone who's much lower owned who could be an interesting, unique pick if that's the way you're angling things for your team. So with that in mind, I'm now just going to throw it straight to Mel, who's going to talk us through the forwards. Mel, who are your favourite forwards? Yeah, so in the forwards bucket for premiums, if we're going with the 900 grand cutoff, we're left with only a handful. So we've got... Um, Randall, Paxman, Morrison, Hoare, Malloy, and Harris. And because I don't follow the rules, I've also added in Garnet, who's <laughs> slightly under 900 grand, but that's what rules are there start. for. It's is start. To already breaking the rules. Break them. Um, <laughs> sorry, Liam, for ruining your setup. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah, you're, you're not fuming or anything. So no. my faves, I've got um, Malloy and Randall as my number one and number two picks for the forward premiums. Malloy is um, the sixth highest averaging one here, so kind of at the bottom of the premiums list, but I reckon she's probably the best option. She's got a couple of good upsides on her. She's going to get more midfield time. She's moved to a new club. She's co-captain, so she's going to be getting a lot of attention and airtime, you would hope. Um, With an average of 68, you can see her going above that because 
you know, the top defender, sorry, the top forward. <laughs> the top forward Jeez. in this line is about, uh, you know, Randall, who's on every averaging of 84. So you know that you've got that potential up there within this range. Oh, so she's got, she's got some room to grow. My second favorite in this pick is Randall. So she's actually, you know, not just my favorite. She's everyone's favorite because she's currently on 51% ownership, which is huge. She is, however, also the most expensive coming in at one point, almost 1.2 mil here. So if you want her, she's a, she's an Uber premium as such. Um, but you're actually getting what you pay for because her price stat is way higher than the next highest uh, forward here, which is Paxman at down at uh, 75. So you're paying a lot, you're getting a lot, and I'm pretty confident with what you are getting here. She plays all across the field, so she's listed as a forward, but she will be running through the midfield. We've seen in some of her best rounds at the end of last season, um, when she gets a lot of CBAs, like Noffy-level CBAs in the hundreds, she can have these massive fantasy scores, the only kind of maybe risk here, and this is why she's my second favorite, not my first, is Liam has some insights. Yeah, I have. Well, I have two two layers of insight. First, firstly, the practice game was not cited that much in as a CBA midfielder, mainly as a forward and a lot of time on the bench. Now, bench not could necessarily be a problem. Player. I think it's at rich to call uh, the best player One uh, to be. Well, yeah, that's probably better, probably a better way of putting it. But I think the other problem is I want to flag the fact that Sarah Allen has gone down with injury. Mm. Now, we know that the last time that I faded Chelsea Randall was because I thought she would continue to play as a key defender, which is what she did in season six. And she did not score very well at all, even if you take out the injured eight that she had. I think her high score that season was 60, and that was as a key defender. Now, Sarah Allen is a gun an All-Australian, and Chelsea Randall is a gun, an All-Australian, and is capable of playing on any line. I would, I don't have anything on this to go off necessarily that's concrete. I just think we should all be wary of the fact that Chelsea Randall may become a defender round two, mid-round one, at any which point if things start to go awry with the other players they've got there. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely going to come down to whether they play Randall or one of Goodwin or Prowse mm. in that back line. So I think it's definitely something to watch. But as Mel said, can be a fantastic scorer. Mel, let's forge on. You've got technically one more, but it's actually, what, three or four more? Three. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't list that many names at the start, but you'll notice that three of these are playing for Melbourne. Um, I put up in my kind of faves bucket, who do you pick, kind of Hoare or Paxman? if you're going to have a favourite of the Melbourne uh, forwards here. I mean, Hoare, you've got some really strong points for both. She's priced at a mil. She's incoming captain. She's either going to be getting some more mid-time focus or maybe they'll get her kicking some more goals. So there is a bit of a question mark on that. But either way, she's uh, she's really good <coughs> F1 potential here. And then you've got Paxman, who is also great F1 potential, second highest in the, in the platform. Um, bit of an ageing option, but... Uh, I think either of these picks are going to be really good for your kind of F1 or F2, depending on how you're playing it. The one Melbourne player I would I've kind of actually chucked in my fades is um, Harris, and only for a couple of reasons. Like, I, I still think she's a great pick and she's obviously a great player. And this is my first time putting someone in a fades bucket, so I'm a little bit nervous about it. But um, I think she's just a little bit awkwardly priced. 
of the premiums, she's um, 940 grand with an average of 67. So she's the lower end of the premiums and she's kind of getting into that mid-price bucket-ish. But for that price stat value, we'll talk about it in our follow-up episode, but you can also get an Antonio who's much cheaper for a similar kind of price stat potential. I know there's going to be a lot of people coming to AFLW Fantasy for the first time, and I know that Taylor Harris is a very well-known name. And so when people are making the team for the first time, they could be looking at these high-priced forwards and go, that's a name I recognize. I'm going to chuck them in my team. So I'm also kind of putting it on the fade list just to take some momentum off the impact of the name. Um, And I also, the third kind of point here is that it's a little bit of a weird strategy to have her in your side because you're not going to have her as your F1 because she's quite low down the list and there's a lot of really other great options um, and you've got a lot of money to play with in the official game. But an F2 is a little bit of a weird option when you've got an Eb Antonio there. I just can't really see for your starting squad where she might fit in your strategy. To me, she's definitely a name to know and to keep an eye on for fantasy purposes. But starting squad potential, she's a fade for me. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And personally, I look at Hoare and Paxman, and I think Kate Hoare's definitely the more attractive option fantasy-wise. I think, as you said, incoming captain would be great. Paxman, starting to age moving a bit more out of the midfield, but both of them should be really good options again this year. Forging on, we're uh, going to our forgotten category, which breaks a lot of rules this one because you've got a player who's under the price range and currently 9% owned, Whoa. which doesn't really fit either of the models, but we're going we're gonna to talk about it regardless. Let's shoehorn it in anyway. This is the problem with letting me go first. Um... So, this is actually why we let you go first. We can get all the chaos out the way early. <laughs> and then I can just shut up. Um, so I've put Garnet here. Um, she's She kind of fits in the same bucket to me as Harris in that a little bit of an awkward price. But the reason why I've put her in my forgotten, which is paying attention to people whose ownership is really low. I mentioned at the start we've got um, Randall on 50% ownership. Just a few names down the rung on the forward line. We've got Garnet here on only 9%. Um, we spoke about her, you know, Liam's a big fan. We've got all of the good reasons why you should be picking her, but I'm surprised that it's on, she's only got 9% ownership at the time um, of recording here. I can see her slotting in really nicely as like an F2, F3. Yeah, I think partly the reason why she's so lowly owned is she missed the practice match with some lingering injury. And again, I think... I personally think she has more scoring potential than Taylor Harris because I think that Georgia Garnett is a more important focal point for the team she plays for, but she is not a very big name mm. unless you were like very clued in last year when she was a gun, but it was her breakout year. Or if you've listened to our GWS episode. That is mm. also true. Great episode too. Yep. So she's my someone that's forgotten that, you know, should have been higher. That's a really nice summary of the forward line. We've basically touched on all the, all the big names there, which is fantastic. Liam. Yes, can, can, I, can I just say 30 seconds, please? Nina Morrison is one of the ones we haven't discussed. I think she's definitely worth considering. Now, you're going to be worried when you look at her scoring from last season. It's extremely up and down. Her role appears to change a bit, and she doesn't get as many CBAs as we'd like. However, if Beck Webster is out for any considerable period of time with injury, she should almost be locked in because I think she'll get that 40% CBA role that meant that she scored pretty comfortable 70s and, 70s and 80s last year. So she fit worth, so fade at the moment unless we get more. And it's worth noting that Webster is currently 
not playing a practice game due to injury as well. But um, but we have terrible information flow from the AFLW, so we can't be sure. Yes, we are recording on a Thursday, and we were promised um, fantasy scores from the practice games on Monday, which we, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. don't have yet. Uh, no, we do not have them, and I have a the distinct impression that they are never coming. Mm. It's also important to note that Nina Morrison is a midfielder in Moreira's Magic, whereas in, in the official game she is listed as a forward. That makes her much more interesting as an option in the official game, so just bear that in mind. And I think that's actually a fantastic way to move into our premium midfielders. These are the big scorers, and Liam, you've got some big guns to talk through. Yes, I do. There are some in here that are massive, but then their ownership is also massive. So people have obviously got the message. The two are Bowers and Marinoff. Bowers, we've talked about her on the Fremantle episode, but I think her stats speak for themselves. She's 15 points better than anyone else in the game at scoring, and that was after a quiet beginning to last year off of an interrupted preseason due to COVID. In a game where you have captains and you can double her score every week, she is a gun, and I don't think anything within this season suggests that she will get any worse. And when she's at time of recording 65% owned, I think you can just go along with the crowd. I don't think there's any advantage in not owning her. Yeah, almost. Next is. Sorry, I forgot we're not jumping Put in. Put your hand up, Mel. Mel, through. Mel. What was that, Mel? <laughs> Sorry. Um, it almost becomes the opposite of the ownership game, which is rather than trying to pick players that are lowly owned to get a breakout you risk falling behind. If 65% have Bowers and she is by far the best, you almost get to this point where it's critical mass and you also have to have Bowers. Yeah, and it's like one of those, she's the one player that could completely ruin your season more than anyone else, even if only 10% of the comp owned her. The fact that it's 65 in the official game, I think it's a must. Marrera's magic where it's a lot bigger part of the cap, I think it's a bigger debate. I think in a world now where we don't have premium rucks, I think you do shift money into the midfield but that's a different argument. Secondly, Ebony Marinoff at 57% owned at time of recording. I think she's the only other true week-to-week guarantee captain option. I don't think that we've ever seen anything that suggests that her role will get any worse at any point. And I also believe that she's someone that Adelaide will want to keep on the ground for longer with the longer quarters. I don't see her scoring dropping. I think on that basis, you can pretty comfortably lock her in now. Do I think that she'll burn you nearly as much as Turbo? No. If I'm going to sit there and I need to make some last-minute changes, is she someone that I could downgrade for an extra 20, 30, 50K to a, a, a Prosparcus sister or a Charlie Rowbottom or an Emma Swanson? It's possible, but I still think I would much prefer to have Noffy in my side. To begin with. To begin with, yeah. Yes. I also think she's someone that could very easily become too difficult to upgrade to. Yeah. I think that's the other thing to consider here. With only three, with only 30 trades, you want them in your side for as long as possible. It's hard to find enough cash to upgrade a mid-pricer that's maxed out up to one of these players. Next one that I think is a lock is Jasmine Garner. Now, I had originally been a little bit concerned in the preseason about whether or not Jazz Garner is worth picking straight up. My thinking now is, yes, she will get tagged. Teams are going to put time into tagging Jazz Garner because she's a freak. Mm. She is a game-destroying force with her ability to just exit out of every stoppage in whichever direction she wants, get from stoppage to stoppage, and then also take marks and kick goals. Now, 
We saw her get tagged really well by Meg McDonald in round 10 last year, and she only scored a 60. They then tried to do the same thing again two weeks later in a final, and she scored 117. Mm. So I think that, yes, teams will try and tag her. I think Meg McDonald is one of the best taggers in the comp, and even then you average out those two scores, and she's basically at her price stat figure. Mm -hmm. So I think that you could... Be well within your rights to fade Noffy and have Garner instead because I think Garner is someone who can again push up into that high 90s range this year. I can't believe you just that's said a- fade Noffy. I was about to say, that's okay. a bold, bold call. But, like if you're searching for cash, I think oh, it's yeah. possible. I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I don't think it's actually that outrageous. The fourth fave is one that is a completely different type of player and it's someone that I've talked about a lot and has been in my side a lot. And that's Ash Riddell. Now, as much as I said Jasmine Garner runs off the tag a lot, I still think teams are going to put a lot of effort into stopping her. And I think that Ash Riddell will be the beneficiary of that. Teams are going to put a lot, a lot less effort into trying to stop her from scoring. And I think there's just a reversion to the mean in her time on ground. For completely inexplicable reasons last season, she went from like an, a mid-80s down to a mid-70s time on ground player for no explicable reason for someone who wins time trials at North Melbourne. Yeah, and we, we talked about that in the interview with her where it seems like it was just a, a game management thing, but yeah, it'd be it interesting just, to see. It, it was all just like a bit off to me. I would be betting on the fact that she reverts to the mean particularly with longer quarters, given her overall fitness level, she's someone that I would target because she's only priced at 87 this year. And we know that she has a 99 averaging ceiling in her. And that's in a, it's not like, you know, the midfield at North Melbourne is particularly different. It's exactly the same midfield in season six as it was in season seven. And it is going to be this year. We've seen a bit of improvement in Jazz Ghana, but I don't think they play the same role either. And quite often they're bouncing it off each other. I don't think Jazz Garner steals that much scoring from Ash Riddell. I think that given she's one of the few players you can say, yeah, within the last 18 months, I know you are like a top band 100 averaging player. I think that she's a great player to have on your side, particularly at like an M3. I think that you can reasonably make some arguments about the other players, but we might do... At the end of this, we'll do a bit of rapid fire flag chat, red, green, orange, and we'll kind of get people's thoughts on those, I reckon. Are you doing In terms fades? of my fades, yeah. In terms of my fades, the first one I'm going to fade is one that pains me, and that's Elise Parker, because I think she is my literal favorite player to watch in the comp. She does everything well. She's ridiculously important for that team, given how young she is. And I admire the way she plays the game. The thing that I'm fading her for is she spent a bunch of time at full forward in the practice match. And unfortunately, for those of us who are fans of her, she would look bloody good doing it too. Which, if there is an injury to Georgia Garnett and then there's no Huntington playing for the first three weeks or first few weeks as she recovers from her ACL, do they not take some time to rest Elise Parker in the forward line or have her play forward for a GWS team that can conceivably roll a number of players 
through the midfield and are getting a bunch back from injury this year. So they're getting back Chloe Dalton and Beck Beeson. So I think to start the season, you need to fade Elise Parker because that role concerns me a lot. The next one to fade is Tilly Lucas-Rod. I think their fade main reason is the arrival of Batesy. I think that that will massively impact the ceiling that TLR can have. And I think it's pretty evident why that would be the case. I just think that the kind of tackling contested ball work, Batesy does a bit of everything around the ground. And I think we'll just pinch a few points here and there from TLR to the point where I wouldn't want to start with them at the start to begin the season. And then the final fade is like just a bit of a combo of some other people in this bracket, which is um, Jess Hosking and Michaela Can. I think Hosking came out of the season like red hot when Grace Egan wasn't 100% midfielder and then really cool to the back end of the year. And then I think the arrival of the injured ACL superheroes at the Pies will push Michaela Can's point and market share down. I think we should probably be talking more about Sarah Hosking. Sarah Hosking. Given Jess Hosking. Yep, given that that's... Yeah, I nailed that. I'm. Yep, yep. That's my Ella Bella moment this evening. Nice. Well, speaking of forgetting things, Liam, your forgottens. (laughs) Yes, my forgottens. Now, one of them is at 2.85% at time of recording, and the other one is at 6.45%. One of them has been on this pod. I really like, for the same reason I like Riddell, the fantasy potential of Hayley Miller. I think that she, again, is a player that we've seen score in the 90s through a season, and she's now priced at, I believe, somewhere in the 70s, if someone could pull that up for me. That's a definite, and we know why as well. She was injured during last season and had pretty consistent calf issues. So, Will, you can just yell it out. Just tell me. She's okay, yeah, at she's priced at 73. That's really low given we... I think she averaged exactly a 90 in Season 6. She had a few of those better scores when Turbo was out of the team, but I also think we saw her break out in terms of the importance for Fremantle, and they would be, it would be remiss of them to not try and tap into that again. I think she is definitely someone you could run as your M3 or M4, depending on whether or not you're going to pick both of Benici and Davey. So I really do rate that. The, and then the final forgotten fave or my forgotten player is um, Emma Swanson, who's been in our sides both years at different points. Not mine. I think, well, Will, you well were done. a sucker. I was. In in, in the first, in first both season, instances. I was a sucker not having Emma Swanson. Yes. you No, you were stubborn is actually what you were. Ooh. I think, so she was, she's 6.5% owned at time of recording. I think that she has an incredible run to start the year. She's got Fremantle into Gold Coast, into Carlton, into Sydney, into Port. All of them are good teams in terms of midfielders scoring fantasy points. And the other reason why I like just West Coast in general is having watched them play the practice match and also having talked to a bunch of their players at this point, I think they are going to improve. And I think that Swanson is someone that, is just going to, she gets from contest to contest as good as any midfielder. And she is as well-rounded as you could imagine. I don't see a world where she gets markedly worse. Now, do I think that there's an argument to be made for the fact that uh, Ella Roberts, Bella Lewis, and Ash McCarthy 
can all improve and take points off it, yes. Do I think, though, that there's definitely a world where she remains the number one market share midfielder? Absolutely. So, yeah, 100%, she's the she's a player I like. Something I find really interesting about these Forgotten's, especially in this section, is that in the official game, you're loaded with cash and there's almost a no-brainer midfield, which is Bowers, Marinoff. You've got these two. I know we haven't spoken about them all, but you've got the two underpriced Collingwood midfielders coming back in. And then you've got a two, you know, 300 grand rookies that really shouldn't be 300 grand that can either go your bench or your midfield. It's really tricky because these are going to be quite commonly chosen people, I can imagine, that you've got all of these other great midfielders that you've just spoken through premiums, also some really lowly owned premium midfielders, <laughs> sorry, um, lowly owned premiums that you want to be able to put in your team, especially starting squad, which is kind of like the flavor of this conversation, but there's only five spots. It's really tricky. Yeah, and I think I would anticipate that we're going to see an increase in a whole bunch of these players because there are whispers around Brie Davy, who's not played in either of the practice matches, and then there are reports that she might sit further forward mm. at yeah. times as she recovers. So if yeah. you're looking for someone in that M4, you're looking to shuffle a bit and Benici comes your M4, or you're you're absolutely stacking your midfield because as much as we think that that's like set and forget like primo or uber primo uber primo Collingwood Collingwood Ty Smith Nance gone I think that from what I've seen online there are a lot of people that are like four elites to to line up their midfield and then one Collingwood player so I I would anticipate that there will be some bump coming soon to some of these players but even then I think that those two are definitely ones that I think are under are forgotten. And look, we're going to run out of time if I keep going through all the players that I think are undervalued. But one player that I would like, maybe hit me in the DMs about Liv Purcell, who I think can really take a step this year, another but I can't say it as strongly. Mm-hmm. Got, got to plug the Melbourne episodes, another interviewee. Yes, that is a good point. So, Liam, you've lined up some of oh, yes, Mel's I can favorite do things, which is flag chat. You're yes. going to hit us with a couple of names and we're just going to give one colour answers. Green flag, orange flag, red flag. Green flag is pick them. Orange flag is maybe give it a watch. Red flag is don't pick them. Yep. Whether it's right now or later in the season. And we can go for some justifications later if required, but for now we're just going to go with one colour. Liam, hit us with some names. All right. Mel and then me. Yeah, Mel and Hatchard. Tunisia, the world's favourite red flag, no-go. Interesting. Uh, Georgie Prasparkas, Will. Uh, I'll give that one a, a Saudi Arabic green flag, big fan. Mel, Amy McDonald. Going to go a uh, Burkina Faso, green, red, yellow flag, no-go. Oh, watch and wait. <laughs> this is starting to get complicated. Let's just go for the single <laughs> <laughs> Will, Will, Ali Anderson. Uh, I'm going to give that one an orange flag. Mel, Charlie Robottom. Orange flag. Will, Abby Mackay. Red flag. That is rough. She was a superhero last year. And finishing it off, Mel, Mimi Hill. Green flag. Green flag. Interesting. I like that one. Yes. All right. That's uh, midfield of rapid fire. Done. Yeah, if you want to ask us why we picked those flags... Send us some DMs, but 
Now we're going to move on to the next section, and hopefully it'll be a fairly short section for the tall players. We're talking rucks. I'm taking over this one. So my faves, pretty easy first one, Brianne Moody, easily the standout ruck in the competition in terms of fantasy. Um, average six points higher than the next best. I think that that's a pretty easy option to go for if you just want to pick the highest one. Liam's waving his hand like a ruck, so Liam. Played as a full forward in both the practice match and the match sim, and just good rucked. Interesting. Are we going to see Brianne and Celine Moody as full forwards? Who knows? Hopefully, for all <laughs> that of those full who have 32% <laughs> of people that have picked her, you're hoping not, but for the nearly 70% of everyone else, we definitely you're hoping they are. Because but yes, it would also be ridiculous that this is the first season that I have actually genuinely considered picking um, Brianne Moody and she's pulled a bloody Celine Moody on us and then become forward again. <laughs> um, and for that reason, and others, because I already wasn't picking her, my other one is Talia Hickey. We've talked about Talia Hickey a lot. Liam is fist pumping because he is a massive fan of Talia Hickey. I think she's got huge upside. Priced at only 64. I think she's a big chance to... if Even if Brianne Moody plays in the ruck the whole season, I think she's a big chance to push up into at least the top three rucks. So she's my favourite, favourite, I suppose. And Liam definitely has something to say here. Okay, I've got two things to say. Love Talia Hickey. Love the pick. Second uh, second thing, there's a player that should be in your faves, if only because of the run that they've got for rucks to start the year. So... And they're, and they're in like the top five from last year. And it was a player that you were shocked that I mentioned when we did this episode. And it's Fremantle and Mim Strong. I currently have Mim Strong starting in the ruck for my team because she has a ruck run to be to all the way through to round nine of the season where last year rucks against those teams scored within at least one point of their average or more and starts the year with the easiest matchups. So not only is she got an incredibly good run, but she is like someone who's improved every single year. This is both fantastic and super disappointing because I forgot to put it in the run sheet, but we're actually going to go straight to my forgotten one because mm. the person who is actually the least owned, or one of the least owned of the remaining players is in fact Mim Strom. And I hear she has a pretty good run to uh, start the season, <laughs> Aileen. <laughs> I was about to say, like, Liam, you're not mentioning her ownership. It's tiny. I didn't. I looked at it. It was just in my team. I wanted to be Laura. <laughs> I'm going to ruin Laura Gardner for everyone who's listened from the beginning <laughs> by constantly posting about her. I want to keep some of the good players. Because um, the reason I didn't originally have her as my forgotten one is because all of the rucks in the in above our price bucket are 9% owned or greater. So I was going to talk between her and also um, one of the other ones which is Caitlin Gould. And Caitlin Gould is my fade. And the reason why she's my fade is because there's been a lot of talk. We talked to Anne Hatchard about this. There's been a lot of talk about her playing as forward. Good for Adelaide, not good for fantasy scoring if she is playing as a permanent full forward. So I would probably avoid Caitlin Gould as a starting option. I like it. Well, rucks were nice and quick, like you said. Do you want to move on to your defenders? I would like to move on to my defenders. And this is a section that 
we really could be talking about for ages because we were originally going to start with a, a price bracket of over 900000 like we were for all other ones, and then I was just going to be talking about Emma Carney. So we <laughs> dropped it down to 800000 and that opens up so many discussion points, much more than we have to talk here. So if you if I miss anyone, feel free to message us in because there's plenty of options here. I've picked three favourites in particular. So the first one I've picked is Maddie Gay. So premiership player with the D's. She comes in at a price at of 60. One of the reasons I like her is she moved into a halfback role last season to provide a bit of a, a, a cool, experienced head down back for Melbourne. But it's important to know she was a prime midfielder prior to going back there. And as a result, she knows how to get the ball. She still gets the ball up the field. Expect her to probably keep averaging somewhere around that 60 mark. The other two that I've picked are Nat Grider, who's been a favourite of ours for a long time. Bit of a down season last season with an average of 57. Definitely capable of pushing up into that 60 mark. Really like her as a player. And my last one is friend of the pod and another interviewee, Eilish Sheeran. I mean, she scored at an average of 57 last year as a rookie, which puts her straight into the top 10 defenders. And now she's had another preseason. She's played and learned a lot more over this preseason. And there's a bit of talk of maybe pushing through the midfield. So I think that they're all contenders, I suppose, to be in that top five pool. Yeah, I like Eilish Sheeran if only because I think an extra preseason might help her consistency because she had this ridiculous run and it's still going where she always averaged. Uh, she started on 73 and then had a fantasy score that was lower and then ping pong, low high, low high, low high, low high for the rest of the season and didn't really kind of build her performances up to like a, a really nice crescendo. I think that with some consistency, in role in the team, I think she has the potential to go higher, even without the midfield time. The one that I do, just having watched that practice match, not think did very well was Nat Grider. She was very, very quiet. And I think it might be because Brisbane is so deep. And so I had originally had her in my team, but I am now fading her, or at least not selecting her to start the year, because I just think that Brisbane have so many options coming out of defence that she's a bit concerning. Yeah, and I think that's definitely a, a, an interesting point, Mel. I was going to say, speaking of fades, I can see your fades you're going to talk through, and I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> um, I've picked a player here who we've talked about a lot as someone that has frustrated us in a part in the past. doesn't mean she won't be a good scorer. It just means she might not be. We talked about it at length in the Bulldogs episode. It is Mel's favourite player, <laughs> Katie Lynch. And the reason I'm fading on her is just because the amount of times we've seen her become a genuine fullback in a lockdown role just means that you are prone to getting the odd 20 or 30 thrown in there. I think they're safer options. And my forgotten player is Lauren Butler because she's the lowest uh, owned of the players in our price bucket at only about 8 9%, 8%. Very good player. By all accounts, a player who's going to continue taking the game to a new level. Will that be in a fantasy role? I'm not necessarily sure about that. We know that uh, Geordie Allen has seen some success because she's moved up to a wing. We've also got a little cheeky inside word that Ruby Slicer might be moving back towards the 
uh, into the defensive line, which is probably a good thing for Collingwood, not necessarily for Butler, who could be playing that intercept role, but she is a very talented player, might be one to watch for a later season pick. Is there a reason why you prefer Geordie Allen over Lauren Butler? The reason I prefer Geordie Allen over Butler is because of the wing role. I think that Collingwood have been a team that does use their wingers, particularly for marks. We know that the wingers can be a very variable role in AFLW, but I think that the Pies have traditionally had fairly decent scoring out on the wing through players like Benici and Geordie Allen. I think that Geordie Allen, also from what we've talked about in the interview with Geordie Allen, is probably going to be a bit more of the link player similar to what Slicer did, um, where they'll be the one that they kick it out of the back line to and then she'll be the player that pushes it forward. I think that Butler is more likely to be a pure defender. I think it's splitting hairs, but I think that that's probably why I'd go Allen over Butler. A bit more expensive, but yeah. Yeah, I I would say both of them are probably impacted by the return of Slicer to the defense because she is such a good intercept mark and her kick is very good as well. And I, I think My that's... Other- so my I other query say, I think is, that's why another reason I prefer Allen is I think it'll impact her less being up on yeah. the wing. I still just don't think like personally I don't think Jordi Allen has enough upside to begin with because I feel like that was her best season last year. Oh, definitely. and that was definitely in part because of the missing other players to take up scores. I think that makes all Collingwood players a potential risk because of the return of Benici and Bree Davy in any in any capacity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Apparently Mel's taken over as host now, so I'm going to throw it to Mel to to wrap us up here because that's a pretty good summary of all our premium players, I reckon. I according to the run sheet, I have taken over as host. So, um, <laughs> thank you for listening to our chaotic first episode. Hope you enjoyed that, and there will be players that we didn't mention that you might have wanted to. Um, we are pressed for time, but also we are chaotic. So. Uh, going into our mid-prices, please write us on Twitter if there's any specific players you'd like us to talk through, but also don't give us every single player because we will struggle. Um, the values for mid-prices are pretty much what we spoke about here, premiums being the cutoffs down to about 450 grand, and then we're saving the rookies uh, as pretty much anyone less than that. We are Freekick, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at FreekickWPod. I am Mel, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter as HiMelD. Liam? You can find me on Twitter at LiamAFLWFantasy, and you'll find me tweeting about how Laura Gardner needs to be more highly owned. Is she not and in I'm, your side? Uh, and I'm very much following those tweets. I'm, <laughs> I'm Will, and I am on Twitter and Instagram at WillH underscore VI. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and... Stick around for our mid-prices because that's going to be another very chaotic episode. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Laura Gardner chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get around it. See you, everyone. <laughs>